But what I quickly realized is that there is a threshold to the forgiveness that I will receive. And there's not that same threshold for others. What's up, everybody? My name is Mel, and welcome to Rejection is a Bitch Podcast. If you're new to the channel, feel free to hit that subscribe button, like button, comment section. I want to hear what you guys got to say about this topic. Be sure to hit that notification bell so you can get all of my videos. I'm a master life and relationship coach, and I partner with divorcees that are facing rejection, and I help them discover true acceptance from within. If you're someone that's facing rejection of any kind, I would love to be your coach. Feel free to hit me up on my website, lifecoachingbymail.com, my email, mailcoaching at yahoo.com, and any platform you're watching this on, feel free to hit me in the DM as well. And we have an amazing topic for you guys today, rejection in the church. And guys, I'll be honest with you, it's going to take some vulnerability from me because this is something I'm still dealing with today. And as a coach, you know, we have this propensity to try to come across as experts and things of that nature. And there may be things I have some level of expertise in, but there are also things I'm still working on within myself. And I want to show that sense of vulnerability with you guys today. And maybe we can work on this together. I'm a church boy. And I'm sure I have some church boys, some church girls watching this right now. If you're a church boy, church girl, hit me in the comment section. Don't leave me on the island here. Let's have this conversation together. And by being a church boy, I've seen probably every side of church. I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. Been drumming in the church since I was three years old. And I also accepted my calling into ministry at the age of 16. Doesn't that sound crazy? The age of 16. <laughs> Went into youth pastoring. Uh, had a long string of ministry. I'm no longer in ministry right now, but that's still who I am. You know, I am called. That calling doesn't go away. You know, no matter what avenues I'm a part of, no matter what I'm going through, no matter who I'm around, I still represent God and I still tell God's people about him. However, I must be honest and say I have been tremendously burnt throughout my life in church. There have been moments where I say, hey, I don't want nothing to do with church. As of today, I play in churches, but not necessarily am on the church roster. If y'all know what I mean, I go do my job and leave. And some of you may say, hey, bro, how is that helping your relationship with Christ? I would say it's honestly helping me tremendously. There is a part of me that wants to be attached to a body of Christ. There is a part of me that really wants to fully give my whole self to a church and trust that it won't be let down. But there's an element of fear there. If I'm being honest, there's an element of fear that won't allow me to fully launch. Why is that fear there? During my many years of ministry, my many years of church, my many years of being a church drummer, a worship drummer, I've been rejected multiple times. I know I'm not alone on this. I'm sure I get a lot of witnesses in the comment section that can say that you have been to church several times and been a part of a church body and realized like, man, I'm all alone. Like I'm, I don't fit in with any crowd. You know, for me as a drummer, and I've like I said, the drummer since I was like three years old, I was always put in adult situations. I have to be at every service. I'm at choir rehearsal. I'm always at church when all the other kids are outside. So I don't fit in with the kids when it's time to go hang out with them. But the couple moments I get to hang out with the kids, I don't fit in because they all friends. Of course, I don't fit in with the adults, you know, because when I come around, who is this mature 10-year-old that's trying to talk like he's an adult? But he has no experience to back up what he's saying. But then as you get older and you become an adult, your style doesn't necessarily fit with everyone. You know, I've always been a kind of an unorthodox guy. You know, I don't see life. I don't have a particular vision like others have. You know, I don't want to do things necessarily the churchy way. 
I want to do things outside of the box. You know, I want to do things that's going to compel people that's not in the four walls of the church. You know, I got different ways of approaching things that don't vibe with most people. And then I'm not a brown noser. We know, you know, all the church people know that there are distinct brown nosers within the church that will go above and beyond to prove their worthiness to their pastor, to the leaders of the church. Not to God, not to Jesus, but to those in leadership. And their goal is to get this favoritism, this preferential treatment. And that's their goal to get it, but guess what? The pastors in the leadership aren't speaking against it. They aren't saying, hey, this is wrong. They aren't denying that treatment. They want to be exalted. They have everybody stand as they walk into the room. They're bowing down to them. They have countless and countless amount of appreciation services for this man or for this woman. They take in all that brown nosing and they honestly put certain people on a pedestal based on how much they quote unquote honor them or quote unquote serve them. But if you take the time to read the Bible whatsoever for yourself, you will realize that the Bible concretely speaks against preferential treatment. You can read in Romans 2 and 11 where it talks about God does not show favoritism. You can read in Ephesians 6 and 9, it talks about all of us being equal. And we all know God is no respecter of a person, but that's not what we are seeing in a lot of our churches. So if I'm being honest, I would go out of my way to not even talk to the pastor. I would go out of my way to not even look at the pastor unless they directly speak to me. Because my view is, if you can't respect me just as being your member or as being your son or whatever, then why would I have to do extra to gain your respect? But let's go a little bit deeper. The key thing that I really had issues with, what happens, there's consequences for some and not consequences for others. In that one particular church I was a part of, I will admit I made some mistakes, some vivid mistakes, things that I, I wish I never did and I wish I could take back to this day. And I was reprimanded for my mistakes. But what I quickly realized is that there's a threshold to the forgiveness that I will receive. And there's not that same threshold for others. So in turn, you go from being the bright morning star of the church and <laughs> you being the, the most talked about person and they calling you every other day and they want to invest in you and they want to see you thrive and all these different things where you create these amazing relationships to once someone put that hit out or once someone put that call out to say Mel is no longer a part of us or no one contact Mel, then those calls dry up. Those relationships, those budding relationships quickly dry up. You no longer hear from those people who were just completely in your corner. And I think for anyone that's gifted, you can relate to this even the more. Don't let it be a musical gift. If you have a gift, you always have in the back of your mind this element or this thought that, are they really here for me or are they really here for what I can do? Do they really love me or are they just using me until they can't use me anymore to fulfill this certain purpose? And once I fulfill that purpose, I'm gone. And don't get me wrong, I'm not coming from a place of victimhood because clearly, I made the mistakes. However, if this is really about a relationship and about my faith, really about my soul and about who I am, not just about what I can do, then why does those relationships stop? Why does all of that take place and I never hear from you again? I'm here to say to anyone that's listening that rejection in the church is real. It often is a matter of perspective. However, it is a real thing. Why do I say it's a matter of perspective? Let's just take a look at my story. For the story I just told you of being basically kicked out of a church based on a mistake that I made or a bad decision that I made. Everyone else who's a part of that story has a different perspective. They have a different side of the story. They view 
all of the occurrences differently. So they may hear me say I was rejected and laugh like, bro, you were rejected? And they will be well within their rights to say that. But my response to them would be, yes, I was 100% rejected. Just as well as they have every right to their perspective, I have every right to mine. But what has that rejection done to me? There's a part of my heart that's very locked up. Not locked up to God, not locked up to Jesus, but locked up to people. Locked up to people that are completely fallible and that will fail. There's no people that you can ever trust. The Bible even instructs that to us. Trust no man. I don't know why we exclude church people. I don't know why we exclude our spouse. I don't know why we exclude ourselves. Don't trust anybody. They will fail you. But God is speaking to me and allowing me to soften my heart. Because the truth of the matter is you don't have to trust in someone in order to go forward in church or go forward in anything. Because not only do I not trust people, I don't trust myself. There's an element of me that says, if I fully indulge in this, the same bad habits will come back to me. The same bad mindset will come back to me. But every time I sense that lack of trust in myself, I completely lean on what God is teaching me, what God has revealed to me. I am not the same person that I was before. I don't have the same mindset that I had before. I don't have the same lifestyle that I had before. God has softened my heart enough to say, even when I can't trust others and when I can't trust myself, I can completely trust him. Because when has he failed me? Yes, there have been moments that I have made bad decisions and suffered the consequences of those decisions. And there have been other moments where people just were bad people and just straight up hurt me intentionally. But when has God failed me? God challenged me to name one time that he has failed me. Where am I going with this? Is this a conversation about going to church? No. This is a conversation about healing. This is a conversation about not letting anything stand in front of you as a barrier to your peace. There's somebody watching this right now. You stay at home every week wanting to go to church, but choosing not to because of the people. Wanting to go to church and choosing not to because of your fear that's limiting you. You have that belief that I'm going to experience that same pain once again. And I can't promise you that you won't, but what I can promise you that God will be with you. Just like he was with you last time. You experienced that hurt last time. You experienced that pain. You experienced some things that should have destroyed you. But look at you now. You're still standing. You're still standing. Not only are you standing, you are thriving. You went right past that and now it's just a moment in your life. It was not your life. It's a moment in your life. So I want you to stand up with the confidence, with the boldness, with the assurance that, man, if it's time for me to go to church, I'm going to church. Now, I'm not going to let fear or anything block me from what I want to do. For some of us, church may be the only social life that we have. You know, if that's the case, you may want to work on that. But <laughs> don't allow yourself to waddle in your pain and waddle in your sadness and waddle in that victimhood and not experience something that you love. Some of you love gospel music and you love the opportunity that church allows you to experience it weekly. Some of you love the entertainment of a preacher that hoops or a preacher that eloquently or poetically puts his words together. Some of you enjoy that. Some of you need to look at this like it's a pump. Yeah, you need to look at this and say, man, I can't believe something has control over me this long. It's time for me to buck up. It's time for me to take control of my life. How long are you going to allow this to control you? How long are you allow this to dominate you? How long will you allow this to distract you from being the best that you can be? Is church everything? No. But it is something that you enjoy and something that you believe that can help you and assist you in getting to the best place that you desire to be in your life. And I want to say this to anybody who says, man, I'm never going back to church. I'm not telling you to. 
I'm not encouraging you to. What I would encourage you is to address, is this from a place of choice or a place of fear? When you came to this conclusion, were you coming from a place of positivity or negativity? Did you come to this conclusion by consulting God? No matter how much the church and people may have rejected us, God never has. Some of you may be angry with God right now. You may be angry with God's people, the people that quote unquote represent God. You may be looking at the world and saying, man, how can God be this? How can God be that if this happens? Earthquakes, tornadoes, mass shootings, killing children, and all that is completely understandable. Let me say this. We serve a great God. And it's through all the things that he does and all the things that he allows that actually represents his greatness. And I know that's at times hard to comprehend. At times it's hard to even justify. But in order to truly understand that goodness and his greatness and his sovereignty, you have to face him. You have to look at him. You have to truly trust him. And some of you may have been doing this your entire life. You may have been doing this for a certain period of time. You say, man, I'm done with that. But I ask you to do it just one more time. You didn't come across this video by accident. God is speaking to you and speaking directly to your heart. He's softening your heart as we speak. I fully encourage you to tap into the goodness of God one more time. And I know you guys may be wondering, where am I right now in my journey of rejection in the church? Right now, I'm in a place of openness. I'm open to what God allows. I truly trust God in this season of my life. If he wants me to be fully attached with the church and fully on the roster and fully implementing all my gifts and totality in that church, I've asked him to open and create that opportunity. Like This is going to be one of those things, God, you show me directly. You may need a billboard for me to be convinced. But as long as things are clear and best for my wife and I, I'm fully on board. Because there's no longer any fear there. Those things are completely in my past. They are no longer who I am. I am new. I'm new because of Jesus Christ.